0: Today on the newscast, Iran and its proxies, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad are praising the U.S. defeat in Afghanistan. And you know that China, Russia, Turkey and Pakistan are thrilled as well. Find out the big winners and losers from the Taliban takeover next. Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. The fallout continues in real time from President Biden's disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal. We've got some breaking news updates for you just to bring you up to speed on what is happening right now on the ground in Afghanistan, plus bigger picture, the big winners and losers from this U.S. foreign policy debacle again that is unfolding in real time before our very eyes right now. First, A quick update right now, the U.S. military is continuing evacuations from Kabul International Airport. Things seem to have calmed down a bit there today, Tuesday, August 17th. After the madness of yesterday, what we saw hundreds, if not thousands, of Afghans rushing the airport, literally clinging to U.S. cargo planes, trying to flee the Taliban advance and what they know is waiting for them, in particular, those Afghans who worked with U.S. forces as interpreters and translators, and their families, by the way, over the past 20 years, they know what awaits. Right now, the Taliban is reportedly going door to door in Kabul and other Afghan cities looking for what they call collaborators with the U.S. and foreign forces, and their fate will undoubtedly be execution. Also, the Taliban reportedly, according to the U.S. military, has formed a ring around Kabul International Airport. They are not letting anyone else in. So that means that thousands of Afghans who again worked with the U.S. and put their necks on the line over the past two decades, they may not be able to evacuate. To give you an idea of what America's enemies are saying right now. And again, we talked about this yesterday. They are doing a victory dance, folks, uh, a victory lap. Let's start with the Iranian regime and its proxies, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Now, anyone who thinks that uh, Israel and America do not share the same enemy must be asleep at the wheel. Here were some of the comments uh, by Hamas, for instance. Yesterday, Hamas released a statement congratulating the Taliban for its victory, for defeating U.S. occupation, also congratulated the Taliban's brave leadership, and I'm quoting directly, brave leadership, and praise them, again, for this great defeat of the U.S. occupier. And not only that, a top Hamas official by the name of Musa Abu Marzouk, who used to live in the United States not so long ago, by the way, back in the 1990s, he also made a statement. Here's what he said. I will quote him directly. And again, this is a senior Hamas official, direct comments. He said the Taliban are victorious today after being accused of backwardness and terrorism. They emerged today as a smarter and more realistic movement. They confronted America and its agents and refused to compromise with them. They were not deceived by bright headlines about democracy and elections, this is a lesson for all oppressed peoples, he said. Here's what Palestinian Islamic Jihad said. They also congratulated the Taliban and they called it a liberation of Afghani land from the Western and American occupation and they praised the great jihadist heroics of the Taliban. So that's the proxies of the Iranian regime, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza hey, they don't only hate Israel and the Jewish people. If you're an American, they hate you too. Uh, The little Satan, Israel. The great Satan, America. That's how that ideology works that comes down from Tehran and their masters in the Iranian regime. Speaking of which, the brand new Iranian president, Ibrahim Raisi, also praised what he called the U.S. defeat in Afghanistan. Undoubtedly, the Iranian axis is one of the big winners in this. That means Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Houthis in Yemen, the Assad regime, those Shia militias in Iraq. They will now be emboldened and empowered. The leader of the free world is MIA. They're a winner. Also, Russia, of course, which has not closed its embassy in Afghanistan. Pretty telling. Russia will have good relations with the Taliban. You think back, obviously, to the Soviet debacle in Afghanistan during the 1980s, it's a new day. And the same goes with the Iranian regime, which has had definitely tensions, for sure, uh, with the Taliban in the past, before 2001, but just a few months ago, earlier this year, A Taliban delegation visited Tehran and met with top Iranian officials. Look, folks, remember, uh, Afghanistan borders Iran to the north, of course. In in the times we are in right now, where an anti-America, anti-West, anti-Israel coalition of all different stripes and varying ideologies seems to be forming and coming together around their shared hatred of America, the West, and Israel. The enemy of my enemy is my friend viewpoint. In this atmosphere today, you can bet that Iran will try to have good relations with the Taliban and exercise influence in Afghanistan without a doubt. It makes no difference that the Taliban is a Sunni jihadist movement. The Iranian regime is a Shia jihadist movement. It is a new day in the worst way. And you've already seen Iran over the years very willing to work with Sunnis like Hamas, like Al-Qaeda, even harboring Al-Qaeda operatives who left Afghanistan and crossed the border into Iran. So keep an eye on those ties. Number one, I mentioned Russia, of course, obviously a historical footprint in Afghanistan not too long ago. Didn't go too well for them, of course, but they would love to wield influence there today. Northern Afghanistan is an area rich in minerals, that Russia would love to get its hands on, also China. Some are saying the biggest winner here is China, which is looking to move right into Afghanistan, and again, be the power broker there, take any minerals and natural resources that it can glean from Afghanistan. Also, uh, a, a strategically located nation, kind of a bridge or a gateway to the Middle East as well, and natural resources and oil there. So China happy about this. They've already said they're going to recognize this Taliban government. Taliban delegations have met with Chinese officials in recent months as well. So the Iranian axis, China, Russia, what about Turkey? We mentioned on yesterday's newscast that Turkey has made noise about running the airport in Kabul, and apparently the Biden administration was having talks with Turkey, a supposed NATO ally, about doing just that. Perhaps that will cool right now. The airport in Kabul right now is clearly sort of a mess, to say the least, but you can bet that Turkey will also want influence in Afghanistan. Erdogan wants to flex his muscle wherever he can around the region. That includes uh, Turkish involvement in Libya, Syria, Iraq, Azerbaijan. Uh, disputes with Greece and Cyprus uh, over natural gas in the Mediterranean. So a lot going on when it comes to Erdogan and his ambitions to be the new caliph, the leader of a new caliphate. And under his rule, I've said it many times, Turkey, which was a loyal friend to America and Israel, has now become Nino, NATO in name only. That's under Erdogan's rule, his radical rule. Turkey, big winner here as well. And Pakistan, historically great relations with the Taliban. Many Taliban leaders have refuge and safe harbor inside Pakistan. And look, the Pakistani intelligence service, the ISI, and the Pakistani military, again, very close ties with the Taliban dating back to the early to mid-90s. Remember, the first go-round for the Taliban at the helm in Afghanistan was between 1996 and 2001, before the U.S. obviously uh, overthrew the Taliban there. But As we approach the 20 year anniversary of the 9 11 attacks, the Taliban is stronger than ever, stronger than in 2001, without a doubt. And I predict, folks, that they will truly be. This is not a Taliban that will moderate. They will truly go on a vicious war path. More on that in a minute as we close out uh, on how to pray about this situation. Remember, uh, Pakistan's getting in bed with jihadists here in the form of the Taliban. Pakistan is a nuclear-armed Islamic nation, and the more influence that jihadists and radical Islamists have in that country, that will give you a very uneasy feeling. With that uh, nuclear arsenal, which is probably at least 100 nuclear weapons or thereabouts, hey, we don't want Iran to get the bomb because it is run by a radical uh, Islamist jihadist regime. God forbid that kind of regime came to power ever in Pakistan, that that relationship with the Taliban should be of concern uh, for all of us, for sure. So the big winners so far on the global stage, again, uh, Russia, China, the Iranian axis, Turkey, Pakistan, and really any rogue regime folks from North Korea on down, Venezuela, any rogue regime in the world right now is happy to see the US leaving Afghanistan in humiliation, uh, an embarrassing scene on the global stage in front of the eyes of the world. You can bet that America's enemies are licking their chops and rubbing their hands with glee. The Chinese are looking at Taiwan. Russia is looking at Ukraine. Iran is looking at Israel and Iran and its proxies. And they're saying America is not going to come to the rescue. And again, that doesn't mean military intervention. That simply means projecting strength. And saying what you mean, the world will respect you. You will have peace through strength. Your enemies will fear you, your allies will respect and trust you. That is absent right now. There's a complete vacuum of leadership in the world right now. The leader of the free world, again, has decided to go MIA. One more thing to mention here, folks. Here in the newscast, we look at things from a prophetic perspective Uh, We look at the headlines and we say, okay, what does the Bible say? Right now, when, and this is something we've talked about a lot here in the newscast over the past year in particular, as the chess pieces continue to move on the board, hey, you look at the situation right now, you look at uh, that war of Gog and Magog that the book of Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 talks about. It seems that when Russia, Turkey, Iran, and a confederation of nations gather against Israel, it seems, judging by Ezekiel, if you go back and look at 38 and 39, and I encourage you to do so, it seems that Israel is on its own as it faces this onslaught. Now, in previous years, you may have looked at that and said, no way, the U.S. will always stand by Israel. In particular, the last administration, the Trump administration, which was probably the most pro-Israel administration in U.S. history, Now it is a new day in all the worst ways you just saw. I mentioned Taiwan and Ukraine and Israel as well. None of these nations right now can count on any sort of U.S. support, perhaps not even moral support. So now you can see a scenario where Israel is on its own as as these nations gather. Hey, the good news is God intervenes like he hasn't in the affairs of men in some 2,000 years before the eyes of the world and those armies that come against Israel. Uh, You think this has been a defeat for the United States these past few days? You ain't seeing nothing yet when the war of Gog and Magog comes to a conclusion. Israel will be just fine uh, when the dust settles after that war. But just something else to keep in mind and watch again as those prophetic chess pieces uh, move on the board. Last thing to mention, those prayer points. I interviewed uh, Reverend Johnny Moore last week. He is just a great advocate for the persecuted church around the world in places like Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and beyond. I interviewed him for an upcoming special we're doing for TBN about Christian persecution. He made a great point. He said, look, because I asked him, what can we do for the persecuted church? And he said, pray. Now, that almost seems cliched. Well, I'll pray for him. He said, pray, pray like you mean it. Pray how you would want to be prayed for if you were being persecuted, if you were facing a dire situation at the hands of your oppressors. Pray like that. That really struck me and stuck with me, so prayer with a purpose. When it comes to the Christians in Afghanistan, even the non-Christians there, of course, the women there, anyone there who's being oppressed by the Taliban, but when we're talking about the persecuted church in Afghanistan and around the world, pray like you mean it and put yourself in their shoes. I know it's hard. We live, I live here in America. We have viewers from all around the world, but man, as much as you can, you can only imagine what they're going through. So just keep them in prayer, lift them up. Prayer works. With all this madness unfolding in the world, that's one thing I do know. Prayer works. The other thing is God still sits on the throne and he listens and responds to those prayers. Do not lose heart. Thanks so much for joining us here today on The Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.